Welcome to the Recession Resistant Real Estate Radio, where we talk about real estate, passive investing, business strategies, and so much more. I'm your host, Brandon Cobb, CEO of HPG Capital. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey everybody, Brandon Cobb with HPG Capital. Happy Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. And in today's video, I want to briefly go over the six things we're doing right now to build culture in our organization. You're not going to want to miss this. But first, if we've been having a one-way conversation, if you've been listening to these videos, if you've been reading these emails and you've been interested in just taking the first step and learning more about how you can receive passive income straight to your bank account with recession-resistant assets right here in Middle Tennessee, set up a call with us. We'd love to get to know you more and what you're looking for. All right. So number one of the six things that you can do right now to build culture in your organization, number one is admit your own faults. When the leader of an organization starts taking ownership and responsibility, even for things that might not seem like was their fault, what that does is it sets the standard with everybody else. If you've got a leader who's, you probably worked in organizations where there's a leader or a manager who's constantly blaming other people for things, it's never their fault. And what does everyone else do? Well, that sets the standard. And so when something goes wrong, everybody in the organization points fingers. There's no accountability. And we all know that accountability is the reason why things get done. You've got to have accountability in an organization if you're going to grow stuff. Because when things go wrong, you don't have accountability. There's no one there to fix it. There needs to be a butt in every single seat and somebody owning that problem. You don't want people pointing fingers at each other. So by you taking extreme ownership... And owning every single problem that comes your way, that sets the standard for all the people in the organization. Everybody at that point starts owning everything. And when everybody starts owning the problem, not pointing fingers, then you can start to make real headway in your organization and especially your meetings. Number two is you really want to be able to embrace healthy conflict, especially during team meetings. A lot of people get very raffled up if they disagree with what someone else is doing. Arguments shouldn't be, well, they shouldn't be arguments. They should be discussions. There should be healthy conflict. Uh, goes for your relationships too. Nothing should be toxic or savage. We're not attacking the person when you're having these healthy conflicts. There's a big, big difference. Never Never attack the person, attack the problem or the concept when you're having these healthy discussions. You know, we had a discussion um, probably a year and a half ago. I remember uh, a healthy conflict we had was over how a certain project should be managed. There was a uh, disconnect between the construction coordinator and one of the one of the field managers where, uh, you know, they just they didn't know what each other were doing. And each of them had a certain way. And, and the PM's like, dude, I'm, I am doing these things. I'm, I'm, I'm a promise. I'm out there. I'm working. And the construction coordinator was like, this isn't getting done. You know, what's going on? I don't have any eyes on the field. I don't know what I need to get. And ultimately, we had some back and forth and finally were able to, to fix what the issue was and come to a, a, a healthy agreement. And everybody was happy that we were able to come to that conclusion. It solved the problem where they were kind of off. But had somebody just let the problem go and just kind of ignored it and said, you know what, I don't I don't want to in, engage. I don't want to confront this person about it. That would have never happened. And the problems you have when you... You know, people are afraid to confront people about things and have that healthy conflict is 
I equate it to a house fire. Usually a house fire starts really small, usually in the kitchen, right? Something that lights on fire in the stove. And rather than immediately like call the fire department, that person tries to, you know, put it out themselves and then they throw water on it and it's a grease fire and it spreads and they go, oh crap. And so they go and they're trying to get the baking soda and the fire spreads and it's just completely engulfed the kitchen. And then at that point, they're like, oh my God, I need to follow the fire department. They call the fire department. By the time they get there, the whole house is on fire. You want people to address the problem while it's still small. You don't want a little countertop fire turn into a huge house fire. And if everyone in the organization is able to engage in healthy conflict, if they feel safe, to engage in healthy conflict, then you're not going to have that issue in the organizations and problems are going to get solved much, much, much faster. Number three is connect where they are and where they're going to go. Everybody at your organization is going to thrive on growth. If they feel like they're stagnant at any point in time and that's been consistent for a while, they're going to leave and go somewhere else. Everybody wants the opportunity to grow and advance within the organization. So you have to give them that opportunity. You know, we, we've got, I'll give you an example. One of our, um, one of our, our PMs, you know, he started on with us just doing punch out work, right? You know, he was a handyman. We brought him on board. That's what we really needed. He did a great job. He killed it. He expressed interest in uh, upward advancement. And so we kind of made him like a field manager, test the waters. He was kind of managing some of the phase four stuff. We gave him some projects. He did good. And so now we're basically grooming him to, you know, handle, you know, 20 builds at the exact same time. So make sure that you connect where they currently are, where they're going to go. That's going to keep people there. It's going to keep them engaged. It's going to keep them very, very happy. Number four is overdo the thank yous. I'm going to butcher this quote. I think I even had it sitting on my computer for like several years, but uh, it was a quote by Charles Schwab, I want to say, and um Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah, I'm going to butcher it, but that's okay. So he said that the greatest asset that he has is his appreciation and encouragement. Um, there was an example, and again, I can't remember who it was, but they had some no smoking signs in his factory. This was way back in the, uh, in the day when it was the industrial revolution and there were some gentlemen smoking and, um, they were smoking there. They weren't supposed to be there. It was very obvious. You know, he was the boss. You know, he walked by and normally what a boss would normally do is really reprimand them and say, don't that again and write them up for it. Well, he instead went and got some cigars and brought it to the guys as they were smoking. And he said, gentlemen, I just want you to know you've been doing a fine job today. You guys have really been killing it. I want you to know that your hard work doesn't go unnoticed. As a reward, I wanted to give you these cigars. Oh, and fellas, I'd appreciate it if you smoked them outside. Thanks again. We'll see ya. And the guys were like, hmm. And they went outside and they smoked their cigarettes and they were very excited that they got some cigars. So he was made sure to say thank you and show some appreciation before he actually re- did any kind of reprimanding. In fact, the whole thing was brilliant because he really didn't even have to reprimand him in the, in the, and the point was given. So that was a very neat example of how he was able to use appreciation and encouragement in the organization. And we try to do the exact same thing. Every month I try to do kind of like a newsletter type thing where I'll nickname 
uh, each individual person and some of their accomplishments, some real things they've done that month to really move the needle in the organization, just to show my appreciation uh, for them. It can be really hard to do, but you've got to sit down and take the time and write those things down as they happen so you can remember them and then spotlight those people every single month to the team. Um, encourage the team to give each other compliments. That's the funnest thing about them, right? That's why I really try to do this. I'm, I'm trying to encourage everyone to like encourage each other. You don't want to be the only one giving shout outs and encouragements. That's really important. Um, number four, I'm sorry, number six, embrace fun. So if you're not doing monthly team outings, you need to be. You need to be doing this. Pick someone in the organization that seems like the most fun person and have them do something once a month. Go do top golf together. Go to a nice dinner. Go race some ghost, uh, go race some go-karts. This should be fun. This is probably what I enjoy most about business is doing the fun stuff. Like we'll take a Friday off or a half day or meet after work on Friday for dinner or something and do something really, really fun and not talk about work. You got to think that these people spend the majority of time with you more than they do with their loved ones. So you want to make sure that you're not always discussing work with them, that there's some kind of personal relationship there. That's really, really important. And lastly, have awesome one-on-ones with them. I do one-on-ones with everybody once a week. The structure of those looks like this. The first 10, 15 minutes, I just want to talk and get to know them. What's going on in their personal life, right? No agenda. How's everything going? Can I help out with anything? And I just want to get to know them and everything that's going on in their life. And uh, so we'll go through like all of our KPI metrics and reporting and all that. And then every now and then I'll ask them these three questions. Number one, I'll ask, what is one thing that I'm doing that you would like to see me continue to do. Number two, I ask, what is something that I don't do or don't do often enough that you would like to see me do more of? And number three, I ask, how are you enjoying your work? What's causing you to feel the most engaged? What's causing you to feel the least engaged? What that does is it shows that I care because I genuinely do. And I'm always looking for ways to make people more efficient and offload the stuff that's less engaging and um, onload more stuff that's more engaging for them. So that's it. That's the six things that you can do today to build culture in your organization. This is Brandon with HBG Capital. Till next time.